The title of the message this morning is Four Soils of the Heart. Would you please say that with me? Four Soils of the Heart. This is about the parable of the sower. I want to begin by a question, and the question is, why did Jesus so often teach in parables? There's even a verse which says that he didn't teach unless he taught in parables. Why did he teach in parables so often? And I believe it's because he wanted to reveal himself to those who would diligently seek after him. Those that would seek with all of their hearts. And therefore, the casual seeker doesn't get to experience the things of God. I want to ask you, are you a casual seeker in terms of the things of God? I trust not. I trust that you are somebody who diligently seeks after God because it matters. Regarding this parable, the parable of the sower, when I was growing up, I had always thought that essentially this just dealt with the aspect of salvation. In other words, whether people respond to the good news or not and the varying degrees of response. But I've since discovered that there is much more to this parable than just salvation. Let's take a look. Please turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. We're going to read a good passage of Scripture from verse 4 to verse 15. And I believe in church, the Scripture should be read. I don't believe in this kind of preaching where it's like, spot the scripture. Can you find a scripture somewhere? No, we are people of the word. You got that one for free. Luke 8, verse 4 to 15 in the New King James Version, it says, And when a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. This is the parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside and was trampled, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on, the, on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell on thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground. Please say good ground. Others fell on good ground, sprang up, and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? It would seem according to this parable appearing in the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Mark that this was now a separate moment later on where Jesus is explaining the parable to his disciples and a couple of close people just around. So they said, what does this parable mean? Verse 10, and he said, to you it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, that seen they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Verse 11, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root who believe for a while. Take note that. Believe for a while. 
and in a time of temptation fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Verse 15, the final verse. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and a good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Amen. The Lord bless the reading of his holy words. Now, there's a picture on your screen, and it's a picture of perhaps what it may have looked like in those Old Testament times, because, or New Testament at this point in time. But in ancient times, when a farmer planted a crop, he would walk across the field, and he would uh, scatter handfuls of seed from a bag which was slung across his shoulder. And so he had this bag full of seed, and he's walking across the, the plowed piece of land that has been prepared, and he's taking a handful, and he's scattering it. And taking a handful, he's scattering it. He's scattering the seed. And, and that was the way it was done back then. Nowadays, we have uh, mechanized ways of planting seed more effectively. But in those times, that's how they would do it. They would sprinkle liberally, but here's the thing. It wouldn't all end up exactly in the perfect places that the seed needed to go. And some seed would fall on less desirable ground. There are three points that I'd like to share with you. The middle one I'm going to spend some more time on. Point number one, God's word as seed. Please say that with me. God's word as seed. It says in Luke 8 verse 11, it's on your screen. Now the parable is this. The seed, please say the word seed, is the word of God. Let's be clear on it. That's what the seed is. The seed is the word of God. And I find that significant and powerful because God's word is powerful and alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. And and when we receive his seed, we have something powerful, a powerful seed on the inside of us. Please say this out after me. The seed is the word of God. I have received heaven's seed, and it's alive in me. Tell the person next to you, God's seed is alive in me. Tell them that. His seed is alive in me. Now... Notice that according to verse 8, that the seed is not only the good news of salvation. It's not only the salvation message. It's not only the gospel, but it says clearly there, it is the word of God. In other words, everything that God has revealed to us through his word, the Holy Bible, what he has spoken to us through his revealed word, all of this is the seed of God, not just the message of salvation. And so I believe that we should not only, in this parable, we should not only consider being receptive to salvation, 
But we should also say that we need to be receptive to other things that God has spoken in His Word. We should be receptive to things like faith, things like healing, things like the teaching of dominion of the children of God. We should be receptive to things like greater things than these shall you do because I go to the Father. We should be receptive to grace, the message of grace. We should be receptive to dominion. And so if it is in God's word, if it's a principle, a doctrine, a teaching in the word of God, you and I are obliged to be receptive to that. It's not just about salvation. It's about whatever is in the word of God. Come on, say amen. Amen. We have to be receptive to all of that. 1 Peter 1 verse 23 in the God's Word translation says the following. It says, you have been born again, not from a seed that can be destroyed, but through God's everlasting Word that can't be destroyed. Some translations use this phrase, incorruptible seed. I like that phrase. It just sounds right. It's like, ooh, say it again. Incorruptible seed. Say it again. I like that sense of the incorruptible seed. Now, do you realize, sir, ma'am, that when you were born again, you received the deposit of an incorruptible seed that was put inside of you, and that seed will never die. Praise the Lord. Talk about having this treasure within us in earthen vessels. And so we have this incorruptible seed. Now, As Jesus was going around on earth and he was ministering, his words, his messages, just like the farmer's seeds, were going out. And his messages were falling onto different types of, listen to this, soils of the heart. And people responded differently. Not everybody responded the same. The religious leaders, they were hard as rock. They were so closed. They weren't receptive to the things that God was saying. But it's wonderful that here Jesus is ministering on earth and he's giving out seed. He is the sower. And I want to say to you, Jesus was and is the greatest sower of all time. He is the greatest sower of all time. And one day, you know what? He will receive a glorious end time harvest. And it all began with seed, incorruptible seed that was planted. Now, given that Jesus is no longer on earth, how are the seeds of the kingdom meant to be sown today? Well, I believe that they are meant to be sown by the preaching of the gospel, the fivefold ministry, personal witness by every child of God influencing others and helping people know Jesus, by Christian media, etc. But know this, it's our job. Jesus is no longer physically walking on the earth, giving out these seeds and ministering in that sense in his physical person of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Yes, he's working through the Spirit of God, but know this, it's your job. It's my job to spread the seeds nowadays, and Jesus handed over that job to us at the Great Commission. So say to the person next to you, spreading seeds is your job. Tell them that. Spreading seeds is your job. Now, number two, 
three undesirable soils of the heart. Essentially, we're looking at four soils today, but one of them is desirable, but three of them are undesirable soils. And let's take a closer look. So Jesus describes that these three types of soils are undesirable. You can't get seeds to grow properly and long-term in this kind of soil. And these soils represent the differing degrees of receptivity from people to the things of God. I also want to say this. As we look at these different soils, would you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about how tender you are to the seeds, the seed, of how receptive that you are to the seed? Because let me say this. Sometimes we respond differently in different areas of our lives. Our lives, listen to this, can represent several different types of soils all at once. Generally speaking, this is talking about one person responds like that, one like that, one like that. But I believe that in addition to that, sometimes we can respond in our heart in several different ways to different aspects of the principles of the Word of God. We like one particular principle, we respond well. We don't really like another principle, we don't respond too well. And so I think that we need to do a little bit of introspection at this time. Someone might respond like good soil to God's seed concerning the love of the Father. But they might respond like thorny ground in another area. For instance, being unequally yoked with an unbeliever. <laughs> in the one area, you're responding like good soil. And you say, ah, I love the love of the Father. I love reading scriptures about the love of the Father. Behold what manner of love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. Thank you, God, that your love drives out fear, and you're so soft. You're such good soil. You're so receptive. But then there's a girl that you meet that you start to date with, and she is radically unsaved, and you are radically saved. And the scripture says, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. And suddenly, you don't want to respond with a soft heart. Suddenly, you want to respond like a rock. Like the hyena goes. Sometimes you want to respond like hard ground, like stony ground. But I want to tell you, you can't pick and choose the principles in the Word of God. But we need to say, if it is in the Word of God, I'm open to it, I will do it. If it says I must forgive, I will forgive. Because God says it. And that's what I'm going to do. Come on, get excited, would you? Amen. Now, these three types of soil, the one type is wayside hearers. Please say that with me, wayside hearers. Let's look at the verse, Luke 8, verse 5 and 12. Some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Wow. So the result here is that the seed is trampled by men, 
It is stolen by birds. And by the way, that could speak of the prince of the power of the air and the birds and demons stealing it away. But in other words, the enemy steals the seed. He is still out there to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me tell you, he wants to steal seed so that people will not believe. The significance here is that the message doesn't sink in. It doesn't penetrate the heart. It stays on the surface. And so it's easy to steal this kind of seed. Let me try to give you an example here. Maybe there's an unsaved person that you know and and you invited them to church. It took a lot of courage and you invited them to church and you know they're unsaved and they know that you love the Lord. And so firstly, you invited them and you were amazed that they said yes. And then you began to pray. You began to pray and said, oh Lord, please touch their hearts in an incredible way when they come. Do a work in an incredible way. And you were nervous that service and you said, oh Lord, please don't let Pastor John let anybody fall down or scream or something in the service because you know that might be difficult. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. All right. Tell the truth and shame the devil. But in any case, and so this person then comes and they're attending the service. It's a wonderful, spiritual service. And you glance over to them and they look as dead as a doornail. It looks like nothing is sinking in. It looks like they are miserable and just wanting to get out of here. And you're thinking to myself, why? It's like they did. It's like their hearts are hard. And you know what? The seed is actually being stolen right there because hearts aren't receptive. Rock hearers is the second aspect. Please say this with me. Rock hearers. Luke 8 verse 6 and 13. Some fell on the rock, and as soon as it sprang up, take note, it did spring up, but it withered away because it lacked moisture. Verse 13, the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, so they actually do receive it. And these have no root, who believe for a while, and in a time of temptation, fall away. So the result of the rock hearers is that they wither away because there's a lack of moisture and there's a lack of roots to sustain them. And the significance here is that, take note of this, they believe for a while. Do you know of somebody in your family, in your life, or people that you've met that actually you know that they did believe for a while, but you can't say that they believe today? Sadly, that is sometimes the case. And they believe for a while, but then when life gets difficult, when they face difficulty, they decide, this is too hard for me. Because I gave my life to God, I expected smooth sailing. And because it's not smooth sailing, I'm going to turn my back on God. Let me tell you, Job never turned his back on God. He said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him and worship him and honor him. And I want to tell you that don't be a fair-weather Christian that only if it's going well, you're going to serve God. I want to tell you some of the most beautiful things that you will ever learn in your life is when times of suffering came. come, because God can work in those times. And so they believe for a while, but difficulty comes along. And so I also think of uh, after I left school, I went into a gap year program for a year. And here we were, 125 students all excited to serve God. We're giving God a whole year of our lives. 
we're going to serve God. And then I was going on into uh, studying theology after that. And during this, there were so many people and a lot of people so excited about God. And, and some of them even seemed to be on fire for God. But you know, then things came which were difficult. Things came which were tough. And as a result, some of those people are not serving God today. It's something that grieves my heart. Here and there when I bump into one of them, I try to reach out to them. But there are some people that I knew in my gap year that were on fire for God. And I don't know how, but they're not serving God today. But this parable does give answers to that. And it all speaks about the heart. The third undesirable soil is thorny ground hearers. Please say that with me, thorny ground hearers. Luke 8, verse 7 and 14 says, And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Now the ones, who, the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they heard, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life, and bring no fruit to maturity. And so here, the growth, because they, they do begin to grow, but then thorns come up and begin to choke and take all the moisture and, I don't know, even the oxygen away. And so it is choked and it is suffocated by thorns. Now, the significance is that initially they actually do respond to God, but soon they get distracted. Can you think of a person who responded to God and then began to be distracted. And I want to tell you, the cares of this life can be such a big distraction. Riches can be a great distraction. I believe God wants you to be blessed and more than amply, amply uh, provided for. But riches can be a, a distraction, materialism, and pleasure-seeking. And so what happens they get this little experience with God, and then they go out, and there's no further cultivating. There's no developing of the relationship with the Lord. There's no reading the Bible. There's no coming together with brothers and sisters in Christ. There's no time, because they are so busy making money, and they are so busy being uh, a person that is busy. And so as a result, God has no priority in their lives. And cares come and choke it all up. And eventually all they can think of is their life. But the Bible says if you want to find your life, lose it. He who loses his life for my sake will find it, is what the scripture says. You know, I know a man. I know him quite well. And I believe that he has a powerful kingdom calling on his life. But in my observation, he's too busy living the high life. He's too busy climbing the corporate ladder. He's at a very high level. But he's so caught up in a spirit of mammon and materialism. One of the most important things in his life is just the next overseas trip, the next overseas trip, the next overseas trip. I want to tell you that that man is being choked by thorns. And unless he is careful and repents of that, he could find the very precious things inside of him dying away. He who has ears to hear, 
Let him hear. Seek first the kingdom of God. I believe God wants to give you pleasures. I believe that God wants to bless you even to the point of embarrassment. But he says it doesn't happen with you pursuing pleasures and riches. It happens with you pursuing the kingdom. And then I add things to you. I add provision. I add clothing. I add blessing. I add all these things you need because if you put me first, I'm going to lavish my blessings upon you. What a God. What a God we serve. And take note, in this parable today, there was never a problem with the seed in each of these stories. But there was only a problem with some of the soils. The only variable was the soils. In other words, the hearts where the seeds fell. And I want to tell you through that, that God's word will never change. There's nothing wrong with his seed, his incorruptible seed. God's word will never change, but people's responses to God will differ. And so my prayer is for you that you will have the right response. Point number three, my last point, which I said is a more brief one. The desirable soil of the heart, good ground, fertile soil. Please say that out aloud with me. The desirable soil of the heart, good ground, and fertile soil. Luke 8, verse 8 and 15, it says, But others fell on, what's those next two words? Good ground. Sprang up and yielded a hundredfold. Can you get a little bit more exciting about God, excited about God's increase? It yielded a hundredfold. Verse 15, the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a certain kind of heart, with a noble and good heart, they keep it. Another translation says they cling to it and bear fruit with patience. Sometimes the fruit is not going to come immediately, but I want to tell you the harvest is going to come as you continue to cling to the word of God and bear fruit with patience because God is not a man that he should lie. Now, verse 15 in the message translation brings it across very, very well. You might even want to take a photo of this with your phone on the screen. It says, Luke 8, 15, it says, but the seed in the good earth these are the good hearts. Now look at what they do. Who sees the word and hold on no matter what. Sticking with it until there is a harvest, praise the Lord. And they yield a hundredfold harvest. Come on, that's you, that's you. And some of us should even say, I don't even want a 30-fold harvest. I don't even want a 60-fold harvest, as it speaks about in this parable in Matthew and Mark. I'm trusting God for a 100-fold harvest and even more and even more and even more. Because God can do beyond what you're asking or thinking, according to the power that works within you. Praise the Lord. And by the way, they say that normal good seed will, re, uh, will yield between a sevenfold and a tenfold return. So a hundredfold return is kind of pretty impressive, folks. Is there anybody that wants greater harvest in your life, greater fruitfulness in your life? Then be soil which is soft 
and fertile soil for God's word. Don't be a doubter. Be a believer. Only believe. And so the significance is that receptive hearts will hear God's word, cling to it, and produce a huge harvest. As I draw this to a conclusion, I've just given a couple of little phrases here to further just uh, emphasize that the parable of the sower is all about, listen, listen to this, soft hearts, soft soil, responsiveness to God's word, receiving what he says, receiving like a little child the things pertaining to the kingdom of heaven. And when we begin to do this, God will use your life beyond what you're expecting. I end off with this example. Billy Graham, a man who I honor, wonderful man of integrity. You know what? His heart was wide open to the incorruptible seed. He opened his heart one day to that incorruptible seed, and you know what? He began to cling to it with all his heart, and the result was that the harvest that came through Billy Graham's life was far more than a hundredfold. It was mind-blowing. It was astonishing. And so I want to say that God can use you beyond what you're asking or thinking. Is anybody getting this message today? Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Even louder. Hallelujah. Let's stand and pray together. Lord, as your people gathered here today, we first want to take a moment and, and just say, Lord, in our hearts where there's been little aspects of rock ground, thorny ground, wayside ground which is just so hard nothing penetrates we are sorry Lord please forgive us we open up our hearts in a new way and we want to be soft would you just see in your own heart right now the most beautiful soft soil fertilized by God soft healthy moist soil and would you see the incorruptible seed of God planted within you? Lord, use our lives for your name's sake. Amen.